0: I'd like to welcome everybody to Lakeview Baptist. We meet here every Wednesday night at uh, 530 for a prayer and devotion. I'll be doing the uh, devotion part of our service this evening. Uh, I would like to just start uh, with prayer for uh, members of the church. Uh, Tim Carpenter just got moved to hospice, so let's let's just uh, start off in prayer. Our, Our Father and Our God, so rich in mercy and grace, we just thank you for another day. Father, we ask for a hedge of protection and peace for the Carpenter family. Father, we pray for Greg, his brother, and the decisions he's had to make, and to be with him right now and to comfort him. And, uh, Father, to be with Tim uh, during this transition, Father. We uh, thank you for all that you do, you've done, and are going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, it just so happens we're going to be we're going to be talking about prayer this evening. Uh, I think we had an election there not too long ago, and we uh, probably were troubled by that with uh, issue one uh, with abortion, and other things that go on in our life can be discouraging, that trouble us and I would say the most important thing for any Christian is prayer uh the, the number one and most important thing is prayer. We're gonna go over some uh Bible verses and talk a little bit about prayer and why we should pray. And then we'll we'll also look to Jesus uh at all all that he prayed for. And it just seems I know how we can get discouraged, Christian beloved. I know how we can get discouraged right now. It it seems like uh we, we put a lot of effort forth, so I, I guess I wanted to start off by saying, if you were on a football team, and the outcome, my outcome, if I was on a football team, my outcome, I want to win, and we want to win as Christians, okay, we, we want to win, my, my, I'm on that field and I want to win, that's what I want. But the only problem with that is there's 11 people on the other side, on the other team, that they want to win too. And then I got three guys on my team that I don't think they want to win either. So I, I think we should learn in life, and just as Christians, as we fight our battles as Christians, that we should learn very quickly that we have no control over the outcome. But one thing we can control is our effort. And that's what we must always look at is our effort. And prayer comes into a big part of that. We we seem to think that we need to have control and be able to do way more than what we can. And there's just so much power in prayer. We sit around, we watch things on TV, social media, and different things that can be discouraging, and people that would be so-called Christians, how they conduct and act theirself in a way. I think it was the National Prayer Breakfast, uh, there was a lady, I think she might have been a Republican or a senator or something, but she talked about how she was with her boyfriend fornicating and how she giggled and had to get out of bed to come to, to the national prayer breakfast. And I, th- I think what happens is, as Christians, we see, we hear things like this over time, and it, it, it begins to just numb us. Uh, and we, we begin to maybe think that this is acceptable. This is, this is unacceptable. Uh, we must always look at everything through the lens of god god 's eyes, and look through his lens. There was going to be an abortion law passed in Louisiana one hundred percent, and the pro life come and objected to it. See you would say, well what well the probably the same reason that they had these wonderful commercials on t v that they would show this this very functional looking family this strong, vibrant man, and his child with his daughter, and they'd say, and he says, you know, if, uh, if my daughter got raped, you know, and they always used this, they always used it like this perfect functional family, that they wouldn't take their, that woman's right away from her. It's just ludicrous. Look, let's look through the lens of God's eyes, and what does He say? And... So the levy, the 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 bill failed, right? Okay, well, Jesus is still at the right hand of God. All authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth. He's in complete control. Uh, and that's our mission field. Now, I, I noticed before leading up to this whole election, and you you look on social media and different places and conversation it it's It's almost to a point of violence it's it's very uh attacking and, and and I understand that it probably feels attacking to you when I say abortion is murder you're murdering a baby you know you're dismembering the arms one by one, pulling it into mother 's womb I, I could understand how that that could be uh, make you aggravated inside i I get that and it seems that they the they're so happy that it passed. And we're sad. And we're sad for the little babies. And, and we're sad for them, too. That's our mission field. See, we, we love them. And, and there's forgiveness for that woman, for the doctor. But only if, we, only if they acknowledge it and ask for it. And we pray for a conversion of their heart. And I know another thing, too, that, that our God... I can't control the outcome on things. We've already discussed that. But my effort through prayer, that I know that God is fully capable of changing the hearts and minds of these people, of the doctors, of different sinners. Uh, and even when we come to Christ, we continue to be sinners. But God, our God draws His to Himself. They hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and are called. So I ask you not to be discouraged, beloved. Let's go into uh, some Bible verses now that that talk a little bit about prayer. Uh, Mark uh, chapter 14, verses 34 to 38. And he said to them, My soul, this is Jesus speaking, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. This is when he's going into the garden of Gethsemane for the prayer. The night before he's going to be captured in his death. He was, you know, he's going to be sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, and and Jesus is as a model of prayer. We see him constantly praying, uh, and he and he says, "My soul is very sorrowful, even to death." And he says, "Remain here and watch." And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed out and prayed that if. If it were possible, the hour might pass from him, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. Jesus came and because he asked them his disciples to wait, the three of them behind. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour, watch, and pray that you may not enter into temptation? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's Peter, believer in Jesus, and His his spirit is weak. His flesh is weak, beloved, just like our flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing. Our spirits are willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew reiterates the same thing, probably the same event. And he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. What are we praying for? That we don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but what? But the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. I believe that's why when we get to Romans 8.1 8, and when it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not in the flesh but in the Spirit. See, it's instruction. There's no punishment for our crime. We've been forgiven. But what are we to do? We are to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. Why? Because the flesh is weak. What should we do? We should pray. We should pray for God not to lead us into temptation. The Lord's Prayer, there's, there's seven petitions. The first half is, is God giving His blessings and telling us to Him, and then we're, we're asking Him. And we're praying not to be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Luke 18.1, and He told the parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. We should we should always pray and not lose heart, even if the the bill, the issue one failed, and we have troubles. We should do what? We should always pray. We should pray to not to lead us into temptation. We should always pray when we we have troubled spirits and hearts about us. Luke twenty one thirty six. He says, "But stay awake at all times, praying that you may." Have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Stay awake, stay conscious, stay alert, stay in tune to God in constant communion and prayer, continue. It's saying to continue to pray all the time. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be what? Be constant in prayer. We should continue be praying all day long. Our thoughts should be our prayers, and our prayers should be our thoughts. So we should always be praying continually all day long. Acts tells us, and this is what we do on Wednesdays when we gather together as the saints. Acts tells us in Acts all these, all these with one accord, with one accord, with one mind, the same body in Christ, one accord, one mind, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to what? To prayer together with with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Continually. We should always pray continually. In tribulation, pray for not to be led into temptation. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. What? Pray without ceasing continually. Now what I'd like to do is I'd like to go into, you know, Jesus is the, the Lord's Prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. It, it should be called the Disciples' Prayer, or how should we pray as Christians. And that that would be the Lord's Prayer. But we're going to go to uh, John chapter 17, and we're going to read, actually, Jesus praying, and listen to that. But before we go there, let's just talk a little bit about the Lord's Prayer. How should we pray? How should we structure our prayer? It, It says, our Father, our Father, where? Who art in heaven. He's the first, the last. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, transcends time, all-powerful, all-knowing God. That's, that's what art, that doesn't mean he's an artist. Our Father who art in heaven is not an artist. This, you think about all the things that God is. All his grace, his mercy, his wonder. When I enter into prayer, I begin to think of thee, all the things in, that, that he is. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What makes us think that we shouldn't that we have to wait for Jesus to come back for this the the rapture that we should just all sit around and wait around like we're waiting for Jesus to come fight our battle and and you'll have some people say, "Well, I want to fight next to Michael the Archangel I said, brother he he ain't going to need you when he comes back now the battle is now thou should be done on earth as it is in heaven if you're a senator you you Vote your heart if you're a uh, a garbage man. Speak to the guy in the garbage truck. If you're baking bread, speak God. Vote your conscience. Be the man. Stand firm. What did, what did it say? 1 Corinthians 6.30. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Right now. On, on, on earth as it is in heaven. See, beloved... Men, when you, when you submit your sin and when you submit to the Lord and surrender completely, you, you then have the humility to know that you can no longer do it on your own and you rely on the Holy Spirit and God's strength to indwell you. He will indwell you. He'll give you the strength. He'll give you the words. He, here's the words right here. You've got to read it. If you don't read the words, you're not going to have it in it. As we're going to go in and read the Lord's Prayer in chapter 17, it talks about sanctification, it talks about the Word, it talks about truth. Well, the Word is the truth, and you will be sanctified. John chapter 17. Let's just read, read through through some of this here. I'm just going to skip down to verse uh, uh, 6, 17, 6. And the heading here says, Jesus prays for his disciples. And here he says, Jesus speaking, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your what? Word. Just think about word here. And by the way, word too, it's just synonymous with, with what? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The Word was God. All things came into being through Him. Apart from Him, nothing came into being. He was the light and life of the world, and the darkness could not overcome. He was the Word, and the Word was Jesus. And here we, here we see Jesus talking that they, they've gotten your Word because Jesus walked with His disciples, and He gave them the Word. He, he reiterated the Old Testament, and He gave them the whole New Testament, and gave them the Word, and He sanctified them. That's where it gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to continue on. But it must take prayer. Verse 7. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me I have given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believed that you sent me. I asked on their behalf. Now Jesus is on his knees. He's sweating blood. He's praying that a Father in heaven... For his disciples here, but we're going to see how it's going to continue on to us. Our Lord, our Savior, is praying. And he tells us to continually to pray. He says there in verse 9, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on the behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them, and I am no longer in the world. And yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Isn't that amazing? I have glorified myself in them. See, when, when, a, when a sinner repents from his sin and begins to preach the gospel and rely on the Holy Spirit and pray, the Holy Spirit just flows out of him, and we're glorifying God. We're glorifying Jesus. We're a love offering to to Jesus. God has drawn us to Him as a love offering for His Son. For they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I have come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name. The name which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are. That unity. In and what were they doing in Acts? Uh, Acts fourteen, right there. They were they were they were all in one accord, devoting themselves to prayer continually. One accord, one mind. Jesus is praying for us to be of one mind, not to be argumentative. To read God's word, oftentimes. When we read God's Word and there's something in here that we don't like because it's a sin that we like or maybe our kid's doing it or someone else is doing it, then we just kind of exclude that part of the Bible. And then that stops us from being one mind. To be one mind is this is sola scriptura, uh, the, the Scripture alone. God breathed for us. We believe it. I believe this. This is what runs my life. This is what keeps us in one mind. We can discuss and debate maybe what something says, but this is the authoritative Word of God. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves, a promise that we have God's joy in ourselves. I have given them what? Your Word. And the Word is, He's given His self. He's given His self on that cross. And His self also can be translated into the Word. Because in the beginning was the Word. And where was the Word? With God. And He was God. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. We're sojourners in this Word. We're passing through. Let us never offend anybody because we're just offensive people. But if God's word, when we speak the truth of God's word, if it offends, that's between them and God. We, we are to share God's word. The truth of his word. The whole counsel of his word. Not just, just the good parts that you think is good. Because actually the bad parts that you think are bad is the, is the best part for that person. I have given them your word. The world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Jesus praying to keep his from the evil one to God. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by what? By the truth. Where's the truth? The Word. Who is the truth? Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through the Son. Sanctify them. Changing your ways. Walking in the Spirit. No longer in the flesh. Continually in prayer. Leading me not into temptation. Be done in heaven and on earth. Continuously in prayer being sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, his disciples, I don't ask on behalf of them alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. The word... The gospel, the message has been carried down for 2,000 years from a small little village over there in Galilee all the way here to Vermilion, Ohio and all across the world that this prayer back then, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus was praying for me and you, beloved. This prayer was for us just as he was praying for his disciples. For these alone, for those also... For what? There's a catch there. Who believe in me through their word... They that may all be what? That they may all be one. There's that that unity, that oneness again. And it can only be in the oneness of this word, word, the Bible. Even as you, Father, are in me and I, I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you sent me. Beloved, you want to have people believe in Jesus and be saved? Walk like a Christian. No longer walk in the ways of the world or the things in the world. We're just sojourners here in this world. Stand up for God's Word. Even when it's not fun or, or uh, productive or profitable for you. That's how they're going to believe. And how, always be able to love. To, to love everybody that voted, voted no on that. To love them. That's our mission field. We are to love them. God, I have no control over the outcome. My effort is what I can control to continue to love. And and you need help with that, beloved? Pray for it. Pray for God to ask you for that love, that patience. You might send somebody like me into your life if you pray for patience. I hear my sister Val over there. So, now, we're going to i want to go to ephesians and here's here's paul he he gives us the full armor of god the 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 helmet of salvation the the breastplate to ward off the arrows from the enemy, the, you know, the false ideologies and thought processes of the world. He, he gives us the, the, the feet for we can stand our footing, stand firm with the spikes in it as a Roman soldier to stand there like this, to stand firm in the world together. To pull up our tunica, that little dress that the warriors wore, the loose ends of your life. You pull it up and you, you sash it tight with the belt. All these tools that he gives us, that's the sword, it was the little sword, it was the word of God, instrumental pinpoint sword. It wasn't the big wielding one that we can go right into the word of God and share it. He gives us all these tools, but but listen what he says. All this is all these tools are meaningless unless what? We have to pray. What is how does Paul end up saying this in verse 18? He says, Do what? Praying at all times, with all prayers and petitions in the Spirit and to this end. And, and why? Why are we praying? Let's listen to why. Paul's going to answer that. Being on alert with all perseverance and petitions for all the saints. Praying for you, beloved. You praying for me. Praying for our, ours. All the ones that are unity in one. All the ones that God has called to Himself as well as on my behalf, that words may be given to me in opening of my mouth. He wasn't praying because he's locked in prison, he may not eat again. He's praying for the words that the Holy Spirit, you pray to give me the words that I can speak the right words at the right time to the right people to save their soul that they can spend eternity with God. That's what Paul's asking for prayer for. He's saying to pray that the words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains so that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Why he's in chains? Why he's being locked up? Back then, if, if someone didn't bring you a meal, you didn't eat back in prison. So What's another good reason to pray, right? Well, I know a lot of you, your, your parents, your grandparents, probably great-grandparents too, huh? And you, and you say, John, why, I mean, why pray? God, I mean, he's an all-knowing God. He, he's all-knowing. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it. Well, why should we pray? I want you to think about something. I want you to think about when your children call you. When your children call you on the phone to talk to you, how does that make you feel when your grandchildren call you and they talk to you? How does that make you feel? you know as a, as a parent and, and a grandparent there's there's no greater joy in me that I get than when my son calls me and and I hate to say it I haven't always been like God has been to me to my relationship with my son. But my son I have a relationship and, and only through only through God and the Holy Spirit that I have I have a, a very loving relationship with my son. I have a loving relationship with my grandchildren. And when they call me and, and I hear and they say, Oh Papa John go talk Jesus tonight. You know, you know what that does to my heart? What do you think it does to God's heart when, when we just call on his name out in prayer? We speak to God, and, and so enduring. When it earlier, when we when it says here, when and Jesus says, calls out. He calls out to, to God. He says, "Abba, Father." It's it's not a a harsh uh, taskmaster. Abba is a loving, enduring word. Abba, Father, such a loving word, enduring. So I, I want us to think about that when we pray. I want us to pray for. The state of our, our nation, our union, our, our physical state, our family members. We do that every Wednesday night here. I, I love my brother Bill. He's a saint in unity. To hear him pray uh, as, as if he's speaking directly to God, uh, communicating with God. The, phone, the telephone rings. It's just like your, your son or your daughter or your grandkid talking to you. And, and that's the relationship you can hear my brother Bill when he, when he prays to God. And, and, and God is glorified by that. And Jesus is glorified by that as when we do do what? When we no longer walk in the flesh, but we walk in the Spirit. That we do what? That we pray continually. To, that they believed what? The Word. That we read His Word. We learn His Word. Why are we going to do that? Because it's sanctifying us. It's a changing of direction from the way we once were. We're walking in a direction closer to God. We're going to the top of the pyramid. We start down here and we continue every day of our life. We're being sanctified. We're walking in the Spirit to that point, to God. And I, I just uh, hope this was a blessing for each and every one of you tonight. And, and I'll turn it over to my brother Bill.